Welcome to See the World Differently. Come explore and discover the world around you. Hi, friends, and welcome to this episode of See the World Differently with Oceanscape Yachts. Today, I was joined by Veronica Stoddart. She's an editor, content strategist, and consultant. She's been in the travel world for a number of years. She's actually the former travel editor of USA Today. Um, She's a bit of a high-profile expert in travel and tourism. Um, I had a lot of fun with this conversation because it was very different. Uh, Veronica actually grew up in a number of places around the world, including Colombia and Niger and Africa. Um, And she's visited, I believe she said, about 110 countries and counting. So it was really interesting to have a chat with Veronica and just look at travel in a new light, especially um, with hopefully a lot more people traveling um, this year with more promising news coming out. So um, it'd be great to keep adding to that bucket list that we uh, keep nudging you on every episode. Um, if you're like me, it's down to the floor now, but that's okay. I, I'm very happy to have a lot of places that I'd like to hit. So I definitely added a few new ones today with Veronica. Um, if you want to check her out, her website is veronicastardart.com. I'll put it in the show notes and there's links to all of her social media there. If you don't already subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or Google Podcasts, I encourage you to do so. Um, every new episode is just automatically downloaded as soon as it's pushed live. Um, and while there, you can leave us a little uh, review or rating, and that would be great. Just send us a little bit of love uh, in these cold winter months. <laughs> and I hope you enjoy this episode with Veronica. Okay, good morning. So today we're here with Veronica Stoddart. She's an editor, content strategist, and consultant in the travel world. And I'm really excited to have Veronica with us today. We're recording this in a chilly mid-December. But Veronica, if you could just explain a little bit about your background, because you have quite a few years experience in the travel world and as a content strategist. So I'd just love to hear more and share with our followers. Well, it's great to be with you, Rebecca. Um, I've always loved travel because I loved learning about the world. Even as a kid, I can remember just being so curious about other places. Um, I grew up in Bogota, Colombia, and I've also lived in Niger in West Africa. So I've had a pretty broad international background. But early on, I figured out that I could turn my passion for travel into a living by writing about it. Ding, ding, ding. This was a wonderful (laughs) revelation Um, so that I could continue traveling. And so I've been a travel writer and an editor for all of my career. I worked for the National Geographic Society. I started my own travel magazine specializing on the Caribbean, which is called Caribbean Travel and Life. And I was the travel editor of USA Today for 16 years. Um, So I've really been able to turn that passion into my profession, which is a really rare and special thing to be able to do. Wow, incredible. Especially the contrast, too, with different cultures that you've actually lived in and immersed in. Exactly. And over the years, I've been fortunate to visit about 110 countries and counting. So I really feel very, very privileged. Yes. And now I'm a freelance writer and a travel consultant. Um, and I, and the thing is, people ask me, do I tire of it? I never tire of it. I'm always excited to get on a plane and go to an, a new place. Yeah. Somebody just uh, mentioned that we interviewed somebody who was a travel editor for the Toronto Star, and they were saying something very similar. Um, I think he had, you know, another co-writer in the team who wrote in finance or something. And they said, well, don't you ever get bored of it? And he was, his thought was the same thing. How could I ever get bored of it? It's always different. It's always changing. And, you know, I would think kind of the same about finance, but <laughs> that's, that's not our world. <laughs> exactly. So for someone that's kind of had that experience, 
what what do you think is a great way to connect with another culture while on a trip not just flying in and out staying on your resort or you know kind of just heading to the beach like what's a better way to really immerse yourself in it well for me it's always been food food is one of the greatest entrees to a culture that there is and you know it it tells you so much about a place i mean you start out with the ingredients what are you know that are used to produce the food it tells you about the geography and the landscape For example, is it a fish-based culture or a meat-based culture? And then, of course, how the food is prepared and how it's served. Are there any foreign influences that will tell you about the history and and the uh, culture of the place? Is it a food culture or more formal that tells you about the lifestyle? So all of that provides deep insights. One of the things that I love to do is take a cooking class when I go to a new place. Um, I started doing this years ago when I took a week-long cooking course in Tuscany. Pinch me now. It was so amazing. (laughs) Lovely. (laughs) It pretty much changed my life and it definitely changed my cooking style. I I moved over completely to olive oil-based cooking. It was an amazing experience. It was super, super fun. And ever since then, I'll seek out a cooking class when I travel. So some of them are like a half day or a full day, and they're usually available almost almost anywhere. So I've done it in Cambodia, in Bali, in Peru, and I even learned Bedouin cooking in Jordan, which was super wow. fun. Yeah. And at the end of that, you get to eat a wonderful meal. Yeah. You know? It's like a double bonus. <laughs> True. And you're also getting all that one-on-one time with people who live there and maybe cultivate the crops and everything else. So you are really getting an up close and personal view into the world. Yeah. And usually you start out by going to the local market with the chef and you buy the ingredients for your meal and then you take it back and you cook it. So it just gives you this wonderful kind of 360 view. Yeah. Lovely. And it's interesting, isn't it? Cause um, you know, when I first started traveling in my early twenties um, I was actually vegetarian for quite a while. And when you're going to Europe and things like that, there wasn't a ton. And I remember somebody saying to me, don't you feel like you're missing out on all the experience? And I thought, no, not really. You know, like in Croatia, it's all fish, yeah. right? I didn't yeah. have any of it. And then uh-huh. I went back when I started eating meat again. I was like, oh my God, I really have <laughs> Yes, exactly. There are definitely, and now it's better than ever, I mean, for the, the vegans and vegetarians out, out there. But uh, yeah, it definitely gave me a different element to my experience, I think, the second time around. But mm-hmm. yeah. And you, um, so I know you have a motto that you say believe um, that you believe travel is a force for good in the world. Where did you come up with that, and, and what does it mean to you? Yeah, that's something I feel very strongly about. I think travel can really change the way we see the world. It enhances our understanding of other cultures and ways of life, and at the end, it really helps us become better global citizens. You know, it plays such a critical role in bringing people together and bridging cultures. There's really no better way, I think, of doing that on on a personal level. And, you know, it's interesting. I would say that's even true domestically, because if you look around the U.S., um, and perhaps this is true for Canada as well, different regions have their own culture, and you actually learn so much when you visit a place that you're unfamiliar with. You know, when you compare cities like New Orleans to Chicago, for example, or, you know, you compare like the Mountain West to the Gulf Coast or even to New England, very, very different kind of cultures and lifestyles are there. If you if you look carefully, I mean, it's all part of America, but there's different geography, there's different foods, there's different kinds of music. And so all of that, you, you get incredible insights into the local place. There's a wonderful quote that travel guru Rick Steve says. He says, quote, the tiniest exposure to the outside world will change your entire life. I really love that. Mm-hmm. 
That's it's good. really powerful what you can learn from travel. So that's always been my mission to kind of share what I've learned with others in the, my case by writing about it and to encourage them to see the world for themselves. Hmm. I like that too, especially in this year of COVID, you know, like you're thinking globally, it, it's obviously much a starker difference if you're going, you know, from one corner of the globe to the other. But in a more regional scale, we've all been forced to explore a little bit closer to home. And I think people have discovered things are kind of different, even not that far from home. You know, we aren't all the same and people have different upbringings and, and lifestyles and kind of how they make money and, and how they spend their time off. So I think it's been kind of interesting to see how that change has happened in this last year, you know, and, and utilizing our national parks and things more than ever. Because yeah. uh, the usual thought is, where can I go and fly and, and yes, leave no, my yes, yeah. area? <laughs> yeah. So no, I don't know. true. It's absolutely true. And just looking around your own backyard, you can learn so much that, you know, open your eyes and see it in a new way for sure. Yeah. And did you find you did a lot of that this year with yeah, I did something really super fun and unusual. I wanted to see my family in Los Angeles, so I'm based on the East Coast. And I didn't want to fly, and drive, driving by myself just seemed too daunting. So I took the cross-country train, Amtrak, nice. from coast to coast. Uh, three nights each, you know, each way, um, which was a super fun thing to do is very secure. I had my own room, my own bathroom. All the meals were brought to me so I could be really cocooned and safe. And just watching the countryside roll by was just a lovely way to go to slow down and just take it all in. Yeah. Cause again, that's something that we probably wouldn't have done. You know, you want to get there quickly. You could take a yeah. quick flight and get there. I know, you know, three days. Um, exactly. Never yeah, would beautiful. Never. Yeah. I'm envious actually. Yeah. I did that. Uh, I went from Toronto to Vancouver on the train and I think it's Similar, I think it was like three nights and almost four full days. Mm -hmm. And uh, but it's beautiful. And like you just said, that difference between one coast to the other or even like one province or state over, you know, it, it really opens your eyes to it. And you have the time to see it as well, like yeah. you said. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest takeaways for me, which was a surprise, is how rural the United States still is. Because I've always lived in big cities. I think, mm -hmm. you know, that's been my my um uh, perspective and just to see how rural much of the country still is was quite a revelation. Yeah. And again, you probably wouldn't see that driving either, right? Eh? Because you're on highways yeah. and main roads yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Oh, great. And is, was that just purely pleasure or did you kind of spin that into an yeah, article to write about? Into a story. I thought you I, you know, felt lucky I got a nice assignment out of it. Um, I wrote about it for uh, AARP. Yeah, their website. So yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have to check it out. Yeah. Um, and do you, so, you know, you've you talked about lots of different ways to travel too. So how can someone um, really get the most out of their experience? And I think this question is probably going to be very different than it might've been a year ago. So for people traveling in the new year and, and from now on, really, how would you recommend they get the most out of that time you know, the precious time that we have for holidays, we're known, especially North America, for not taking much holidays. So right. yeah, how can they really take advantage and make the most well, of their time? I think this is true, whether COVID or not, in general, I think the best thing when you're on a trip is to leave your preconceptions at home, and really open yourself up to new experiences, you know, engage with the local people if you can. I mean, during COVID, that's kind of a challenge. But you know, that will be past that at some point next year. Mm -hmm. And engage with all all five senses, you know, how you see and hear and taste and touch and smell the world around you. 
Americans can be very insular in the way they approach the world, I have found. They stay at predictable hotels and eat at predictable restaurants. So, you know, the more you step out of your comfort zone, the more you're going to learn about the place you're visiting. You know, do something that maybe you wouldn't do at home. Break out of your own routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have found, you know, people everywhere are genuinely helpful and want you to feel at home in their city or country. And they typically like to extend a warm welcome. If you go with that kind of attitude, you'll find that it's going to be returned. Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? Because I think, and it's hard to remember too, because if you've been traveling a lot, especially for work, you know, your first big trip and, you know, you too, you grew up in, in very different areas. But for a lot of people who've never traveled that much, it's daunting, it's intimidating, they're worried, you know, people will laugh at them if they don't speak the language. And, you know, all those things that kind of go through your head. But if you approach it in that totally changed mindset, you're absolutely right, it could change your whole trip. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And do you, I'm sure you have a lot to pick from. <laughs> but do you have um, one like life changing trip that you've taken recently in the past few years, maybe or one that really sticks out to you that you could share with our listeners? Well, yes, the one that really sticks out to me, and I took this about two years ago, I was privileged to go to Antarctica. And I didn't go into it expecting it to be such a life-changing experience, but it was. It's just, um, it's an amazing, amazing landscape that's like nowhere else on earth. People describe it as another planet, in fact. It's so stark and empty and dramatic and beautiful. Uh, And the thing that really blew me away were the icebergs were phenomenal. They were just gobsmackingly beautiful in different shapes and sizes. And then, of course, you've got the wonderful animals. You've got the penguins, thousands and thousands of them, and seals, and we saw whales. Uh, You just feel like you have dropped out of this world. Um, Mm. It's, it's, um, yeah, it was a phenomenal experience, and I feel very lucky to have had it. Um, and you know, not many people, only about 56,000 people get to travel to, um, Antarctica every year. So it's still a pretty rare experience. Yeah. And probably the contrast too, of not being one of thousands, you know, in a crowd or something. And that's very rare to try to get to a place like that these days. Was that, um, sort of on a cruise or were you on a boat or? It was on a cruise. That's pretty much the only way you can visit. I mean, you can. There are some flights that will take you to the South Pole, but those are very unusual. So cruising is typically the way you go. And I left from the southern tip of South America. Mm -hmm. And it was um, almost a two-week trip and all because you have to cross the Drake Passage, which, of course, is notorious for being very, very rough. (laughs) Right. Um, And then you get to the uh, Antarctic Peninsula and you cruise around. Incredible. Um, yeah, it was wonderful. This this kind of leads into my next question because that that's on my own bucket list already. But other than Antarctica, what's uh, one place you think people should add to their bucket list? And this podcast, more than ever this year, I think people have just been adding and adding and adding because we're not able to take off any of our bucket list destinations. But uh, it can't be too long. So if you have right. any recommendations, what would you say? Well, to add to the bucket list, I would say Peru. I was there about a year ago. It's a really wonderful and diverse destination. Plus, it's very affordable, which, of course, is great. Mm -hmm. has amazing scenery with lots of varieties. I mean, you've got deserts and jungles and mountains and beaches. And it has a thriving culture that's both ancient and modern. So you've got architectural ruins, the best known, of course, Machu Picchu. And for me, of course, they have some of the best food on the planet. So Peruvian food, as you know, is really coming into its own now. It's one of the hot cuisines. 
Um, and, uh, you know, there's Amazonian food with really unusual uh, ingredients and Andean food. And again, very varied. Yeah. Um, so, um, and Peru, you know, it's the source of potatoes. Peru has a mind boggling 3,500 varieties of potatoes. I wow. mean, 3,500 folks. <laughs> I did not know that. Okay. So, um, you know, 300 types of corn, 55 different peppers. So there's really an amazing cornucopia of ingredients that they use there. Lots of seafood and fish and so forth and so on. So it's an amazing destination. Peru. Okay. And that's good. Cause we don't, we often hear kind of similar ones. Um, and I love it when someone throws me a total sideways one that, and with different aspects of it, even, um, somebody was telling us a little bit more about, uh, I think it was Granada, but it was like all these different insights I've never really seen. It's not the stuff that's written about, you know, so regularly. And it was great because it was almost this inside perspective, mm. um, which can really change. Like you've already said, you know, any destination can be totally different than what's on that beaten path already. So, okay. Peru is added to my list. <laughs> Thank you very much. I will spend my lifetime trying to tick them off. Um, and I know, so your website is veronicastoddart.com and that's two D's, S-T-O-D-D-A-R-T.com. And people can find all of your links to everything, your works. If they want to reach out to you or anything like that, that's the best place to reach you or, or is social media better for you? Um, either or. My my website has my um, email address that reach me easily, um, links to my Instagram, um, my Twitter feed is on it. So all of those are good ways to reach me. Perfect. Okay. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show, Veronica. I really can't thank you enough for your time. Thank you so much. It was really a, a fun. Thanks for tuning in to See the World Differently. Until next time, keep daydreaming. <laughs>